Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So one of my kids convinced me to watch all of the Marvel movies in chronological order. Not in the order of their release date, but the order in which the event occurs in the movies. And we've gotten pretty far down the list. We just finished The Black Panther. And one of the scenes of the Black Panther caught my attention. The antagonist of the movie is Claw, Ulysses Claw, and he's captured. And he's placed into an interrogation room where he decides to flex his vocal chops. And he begins to sing Hathaway's 90s hit, What is Love? Baby Don't Hurt Me No More. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? Okay, we got one taker over here. Come on, people. All right, all right, here we go. What is love, right? And so I had flashbacks to the 1990s as well as Night at the Roxbury, but I got to admit, I also, at the same time, was thinking about 1 John and our text today. Now, I know that's kind of weird, but that's what preachers do. We make these weird connections, and we're always thinking about the text. What is love? Now, there are thousands, if not millions, of songs out there trying to figure out and trying to mine the depths of love. Looking for love in all the wrong places. You've got to hide your love away. When I fall in love, it will be forever. Can you feel the love tonight? I can't help falling in love with you. And we could sit here all day long thinking of songs that talk about love, trying to figure out love, struggling with what love is. What is love? And not just that sappy romantic love, but love, true love. That's another one to watch with the kids, The Prince's Bride, but I digress. What is love? As the villain in The Black Panther, Ulysses Claw, was singing, What is love? I was thinking of First John, and I'm looking over at my kid, and I'm thinking of her, and I'm thinking about all that is going on in the world, and I thought to myself that night, that is a really great question. What is love? Now, John, in our epistle reading, in verse 16, he's got an answer. He says, this is how we know what love is. Now, if only the pop song writers of the decades would have gone to the word, they would have all their questions answered. But it's true that in the epistle of 1 John, it's really all about life, it's about light, and it's about love. Now, you maybe remember John is writing this epistle to the ones he loves. It's as if he was saying, this one goes out to the one I love. This one goes out to the ones I love. And if you remember, John was one of the 12 apostles, and he was kind of the inner circle of the 12, Peter, James, and John. John, the beloved disciple. He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote the book of Revelation. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John epistles. And he's going to remind the ones that he loved about what love is. He's going to answer the question, what is love? But before we get there, whatever love is, whatever God says love is, God does say through John in verse 11, he says, this is the message that you've heard from the beginning. We should, we ought to, we must love one another. So God is telling us we should love one another. But what should that love look like? Now, sometimes it's best to start off explaining what something is 
by explaining what it is not. So John, he gives us an example, a really clear example of what love is not. In verse 12, he says, do not be like Cain. Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. John, he's taken us back to the beginning. He's taken us back to Genesis. He's, he's taken us back to the sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. The very first family is broken. Cain murders his own sibling. He couldn't handle the good deeds, the good actions of his brother. And when you look at that, you've got to ask, what in the world is that? I mean, that is jealousy of evil proportions. But just when we're kind of getting comfortable and we're thinking, well, this doesn't really apply to me. I'd never murder anyone. I'm, I'm safe, especially in my family. St. John's continues to define what love is not. In verse 15, he says, anyone who hates a brother or a sister is a murderer. Wow. Hatred equals murder. Hatred equals murder? Have you harbored any hatred in your heart for anyone lately? Think about that. Have you harbored any hatred in your heart for anyone lately? Cain murdered Abel. Can people like Abel still be murdered in God's community today? Can hatred toward a brother or sister still exist in God's community today? Can hatred toward those in your family of faith still exist today? This means that attitudes and emotions mean quite a bit. Now, John didn't make this whole thing up, right? John got this from Jesus. Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount puts murder and hatred or anger with your sister or brother he puts them on equal terms. And as much as we display disgust at murder, do we display that same disgust toward hatred and anger? In what sense do we display attitudes that bring death? Think about that. In what sense do we display attitudes that bring death to those around us? Attitudes that bring death to our sisters and brothers in Christ. The amount of anger and hatred I've seen fuming up from brothers and sisters in Christ lately has been quite alarming, quite disturbing, quite depressing, actually. Hatred towards someone with different political beliefs. Hatred towards someone with a different take on the implications of COVID-19. Hatred towards someone for their skin color. Hatred towards someone because they have a job in law enforcement. Hatred towards someone with a different life experience. Hatred toward a brother or sister because they think or they live or they act or they do whatever in a different way than I do it. All of us, and yours truly especially, should ask, in what sense do I display attitudes of hatred and anger that actually bring death to my sister or brother in Christ? 
are Abel's still murdered in God's family today? John, St. John, our elder, our leader, our guide, our mentor, the apostle of Jesus Christ, we're in St. John's Lutheran Church, right? He answers the question, what is love? And he says, Cain, that's not love. Anger, not love. Hatred, not love. Murder, not love. He says, let me tell you what love is. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought... Well, before we get to that, we should stop on that first part, right? Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He didn't murder his brother Abel. He gave his life for him. He even gave his life for Cain. He gave his life for all humanity. Mark chapter 10, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So St. John, he's given us examples to illustrate love. He's answering that question, what is love? And on the first hand, he's saying, Cain, and his example is how not to love. But then he says, here's Jesus Christ. This is an example of how to love. But the more we think about that and Jesus Christ's death and his love for us, we see that it's far more than an example. In his death, God's effort on our behalf is revealed. Jesus laid down his life, it says. And to lay something down, to lay something down is to divest oneself of something precious, something personally valued. And as I was thinking about it, we have a hard enough time giving up our material possessions. We have a hard time giving up our perceived rights. We have a hard time giving up our spot in the grocery line at the grocery store, right? let alone the idea of laying down and giving up your very life. To give your life for someone else, think about that. I know that some of you in the room, you've lost loved ones, loved ones that loved you so much or that you loved so much, and you would give their life for theirs. I mean, as I'm watching the Black Panther and I'm looking over at my daughter and I'm thinking, I'd give my life for her, you better believe it, any day. Imagine Christ doing that for us. Us who treated him with anger and hatred and murder. He died for us. He died for the Cains of the world. St. Paul said it in Romans 5. He said, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, Jesus didn't simply reveal to us self-sacrificial love or, or like teach it as a lecture in a classroom And his actual death is not merely an ethical model. It's a genuine offering, a genuine giving of life. In fact, in 3.16 of 1 John, when it says Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, on behalf of us, that's common sacrificial language. His death actually delivers to us what sacrifices deliver. His death actually gives to us forgiveness. It gives to us life. It gives to us fellowship. It gives to us community. It gives us standing. It gives us identity as God's children that we belong to the family. And it's from that reality of knowing Christ's love 
And by knowing, I mean experiencing his love and trusting in his love and hearing about his love daily and weekly as that love shapes and hones our identity as, his, as children of the Heavenly Father. It's from that point of that secure identity that we move to the ought to. 1 John 3 verse 16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to. We should, we've got to, we must lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. What is love? Love lays it down. And when you lay something down, you surrender something that has value for your own life in order to enrich the life of another human being. Right? The ultimate manifestation of that is when you actually give your life. But we have to admit there are gradations of this here. When you lay down your life, you sacrifice something of yourself for the benefit of another. When you sacrifice material possessions or when you sacrifice your individual pursuits or your individual desires or your individual rights for the benefit of another. When you sacrifice the success of self for the success of the whole or another is to lay down your life. This is where we start to see the answer to that question. The real answer to the question, what is love? It's rooted in God and rooted in action. And our love for neighbor, well, love is more than a feeling, right? It's more than words. John said it in verse 18. He said, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And so like Christ, we love each other with actions and in truth. And the truth is that this whole picture of this organic love of God, God's love for us and our love for him, God's love for us and love for our neighbors in action and truth. John says in verse 23, he talks about it this way. He says, this is his command. This is God's command. To believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ to love one another as he commanded us. Believe and love. Belief and love. Believe, it just means to have faith in. Believe means to trust in. Believe means to entrust oneself to. Believe in Jesus' love for you means to have faith in his love for you, to trust in his love for you, to entrust yourself to his love for you. And out of that love, we begin to love one another. And it's that organic, holistic answer to what is love. That God's grace flows to us in Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ, his love and grace recreate us to be agents of his love. And that love must show itself in good works, in action, and in truth. Now, St. Paul says it a little bit differently than St. John. You might remember Ephesians chapter 2 says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. We are his craftsmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, actions, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're graced in order to grace. We are loved in order to love. We trust that love from God and Jesus, and from that we love one another. So we, we begin to see that the two go hand in hand, belief and love. Right? There's no such thing as a Christian theology without a Christian ethic. And equally, there's no such thing as a Christian ethic without a Christian theology. Because some people will say out there, we only need to love one another. And when we do that, we see God, and that's it, and that's what makes us Christian. 
but to love each other sacrificially in big ways, in dying on a cross type of ways that changed the world type of ways, ways that allowed us to not have hatred toward those who are different than us, ways and attitudes and actions that don't bring death to our neighbor but bring life. That's the way to think about it. How are my actions and words and deeds bringing life to other people? Ways like Pastor Trevor is leading right now, along with Mary Salgado and Olive Crest and a whole team of volunteers and many of you, we are trying to impact the lives of vulnerable children right in our own backyard. Humanity doesn't do stuff like that on its own. It does it by the power of the Holy Spirit delivering the restorative hope of Jesus Christ into our lives and igniting us to do the same. That's love. What is love? This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Amen?